Welcome to Breaking Barriers. You know your path. We know the obstacles. And we can teach you how to tear them down. And now your host, CEO and founder of Adapting Social, John Vigero. So guys, welcome back to Breaking Barriers. Um, I'm super excited to have uh, Sabrina Winters here with us. Um, you know, and, and I'm really excited, though, too, because I think there's a lot that people need to learn about estate planning that I don't think most people do know, right? So I'm really excited to have you on. Um, but Sabrina, for people who you know are like, hey, who is Sabrina? Can you kind of give us a high level? Oh, sure, of course. Well, thanks, John, for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, who's Sabrina? Well, you know, first, I'm a mom. Um, I'm second, first generation Italian. Uh, yep, I'm a wife. Um, you know, my parents, they they were insistent that we learn Italian. So we speak it fluently, we read it fluently, we write it fluently. And it, it was pretty much the only way we could communicate with the majority of my family. So, <laughs> um, you know, if we wanted to speak with them, we needed to, because, you know, my parents emigrate, immigrated from Italy. Um, mm. And that was that was one of the biggest goals they you know they had for us, and um, I'm a law firm owner, been one since '05 in North Carolina. But I practiced in estate planning since 1998, and even before that, before I graduated law school and got into estate planning because of a personal family issue when mm. I graduated. So wow, yeah. Yeah. One of, so one of the things that you so I saw I saw this and first of all um you know thank you for that high level um and I'm, I'm, I'm honestly honored to have you on so so absolutely oh. um and you know so one of one of the things though too that I think for people listening here it's so it's so interesting so when you think of estate planning a lot of times you know younger people in their twenties and I would say even like in their early thirties you know it's something that is not thought about right they're like oh I have time I have time um, right. but things happen right and it's pretty scary and it's it's like you know, um, I actually had a conversation with one of my family members and, you know, my, uh, my grandfather died a long time ago, but, um, we have a house in Portugal. I'm Portuguese. And oh, nice. yeah. So, and, uh, and so he, you know, he left his house that he built for the family, you know, to, to the family and stuff, but you know, he didn't have a living will and there wasn't any of those things. So like, again, things get crazy like that. So for, so for the people out there that have that mindset or are harboring the mindset of like, Hey, you know, uh, like, I don't need this right now, or it's too expensive for me to do right now, or it's not worth it for me to do. What would you say to those people? Well, first of all, my husband's family is from Portugal. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, I, I usually just share my story because we are not promised tomorrow. And I can't say that enough. You know, during the year, you know, I've done this for 20 years. I've seen some pretty ugly things happen, pretty sad things. And the biggest thing was when my uncle had nothing in writing. Um, he was older, but he got sick pretty quickly. Nobody knew that he was going to be sick and unable to make his medical decisions. So I always tell people, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And, you know, I compare it to insurance. So we all have car insurance. If you've got a car, we've got homeowners insurance. You know, we've got life insurance. And that's all because of the what if. But for the when, which is we will all die, we give it very little thought because we're afraid to approach it. We're afraid to talk about it. It becomes taboo. Um, we need to talk about it more often. And I just always say, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. 
So you got a plan today, regardless of how healthy you are, how wealthy you think you are, whether you're married, divorced, single, right. with kids. Like it just doesn't matter. This is the one thing every single one of us shares in common right. is that we're going to pass away. We just don't always know when or how. Right. And that's creepy. And, and, and you know what, though? Like, I'll never forget the time where because um, I started my business when I was 17. We're going to be 31 now. And, you know, I remember uh, my tax, my my old account at the time, you know, he was like, you got, you got to start setting up retirement and all this other stuff. And I'm like 19 years old. I'm like, I'm not worried about retirement. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's like one of these things where, again, to your point, again, there's so many outliers and so many things, so many variables, and you just never know, right? Like you never know. Um, so I think it's important to have that. Um, that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that. So, so talk to us a little bit more about you, right? So how did you start your own practice? Did you have like this entrepreneur bug where you're like, I don't want to go work for somebody else and do it. Like, how yeah. did that start for you? Gosh, so I got to give you a little bit of a backstory, um, mm. first to that. So, you know, being, being one of three kids from parents who came to this country because they wanted better for us, there was no choice, but you were going to college, you were going to have a career and you were going to be able to support yourself regardless right. of whether you got married or what. Right. So when they heard me say at a real young age, I want to be a lawyer, like for them, it was set in stone. There's no other <laughs> choice. Like that's what it's going to be because we're right. sacrificing for that. And it right. was really something that I wanted to do. So at, at every stage since I was 16, I was working in a law firm at in some level, in some capacity. All I ever wanted to do was prosecuting work. Like the mm. criminal things that always excited me. It was very exciting. Even the right. last semester of law school, I saved all 12 electives to work in major crimes for my electives. But I I didn't like it. Like it was the worst experience ever. It wasn't, it didn't fit my personality. It didn't fit how I connected with people. And then my uncle got sick. And I had to watch all of the terrible things happen to him and we couldn't control it. And that was the very moment I decided I'm going to do estate planning. There mm. is no way that other families should go through what we did. Like yeah. having nothing in writing, it's 20 years later, my father still tears up when he thinks about the decisions he could have made, mm. but he couldn't because nothing was in writing. And right. my family, nobody agreed on yeah. what to do with him. Right. So, you know, standing next to my dad, watching him watch his brother slowly pass away was really hard. And then we had to settle his estate with nothing in writing. And I, I mean, I just graduated law school. So, you know, right. I, I knew I was studying for the bar while he was getting sick and, and, you know, in the process of dying. Right. And I just thought there, first of all, there is just no way that right. I can see how the family go through this. So it literally took a day for me to switch from my lifelong want of doing something in the criminal law field to this was, you know, going to be my focus. So that's how I got into estate planning. Um, how I got into my own practice was really a bad experience. It was just a right. really bad experience when I started working for somebody here. So I was you know, I was working in New York for four years with a fantastic solo practitioner. I mean, he let me make my mistakes. He let me learn. Like he threw me in. Mm -hmm. And 
he was just an amazing lawyer to his clients and to me as his employee. And then we moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I worked for an attorney who was a narcissist, an <laughs> egomaniac. Women were couldn't be any further beneath him if oh, he wow. tried. It was really bad. Wow. And so I just thought, okay, there's just no way that you know, I can work for somebody down here if this is what it's going to be like. You know, I sought out a solo practitioner to work for because I had the most amazing experience with the attorney back in New York who only did estate planning and probate. And I loved it. And I loved him. And I loved the practice. And I think it had so much to do with him. Mm. So I come down here. I have this God awful experience. I was miserable the whole time. And I thought, yeah, it's not going to happen. So I quit. I took the bar here. I passed it. And the day I received my bar pass letter, I filed with the secretary of state to open up my own practice. And that was in 05. Yep. Did you tell, you tell the other guy to fuck off? (laughs) (laughs) Not in so many words, but trust me. Yeah, it was, but you know what? I felt like that was completely his loss. Um, he, there's no way he could have had a better employee like me coming with all of that experience already. I could have brought a lot to his table, but he was threatened by the fact that I was a woman Mm. that I spoke my mind always. Yeah. I was always very respectful, Mm -hmm. but I've always known what I wanted. I've never diverted myself from what I wanted my character to be. And he wasn't happy with that. So, you know, I'd say no to things that I was asked to do that I knew the bar wouldn't let me do because technically I was just a paralegal still. Mm. Hadn't taken my bar to, you know, pass it and get my license. Right. So I'm actually thankful for the experience. I'm not sure I would be in a successful, growing, exploding practice right now if he didn't show me that, actually was a reminder of this isn't who you are. It's right. just not, you got to do bigger things, better things. Um, you know, and I always do things because my daughter's watching me. Oh you know, yeah. Oh yeah. She is always watching me, whether, you know, it's on social media or whether it's with, you know, somebody in public, like she's always seeing what I'm doing. Right. And I'm always aware of that way more, you know, now that she's getting older. But so that's why my practice, you know, is created and done the way I do it, because it's breaking those stigmas that people think lawyers are. Right. It's it's breaking the impression that they think they're going to have when they come see me. Right. And and it's the shock that, you know, I hear all the time are you a lawyer like for real or like, this is what you do? I'm like, yeah, sorry that you've had bad experiences, but we're here to show you that it's not always like that. It just shouldn't be like that. Right. Right. So first off, um, badass. I love it. Um, it's such a great story. And you know, again, I always, I always say this, but I think, you know, life gives us, you know, life happens for us, not against us, even when, when it's tough, turbulent times. I mean, you know, everybody, everybody that I know that I respect, and I would assume same for you is people who have been callous and experienced with life's hard, you know, hard things that they went through and became out on the other side, stronger people from it and have experienced that. Like people love experienced people because they know they've been through it. So 
so right. cool that you know you've uh, you you've experienced a journey. You got out of that toxic environment, um, you know, and eventually started your own thing. I think a lot of people don't do that, so it's really cool that you took that liberty and that that opportunity to jump in, go do it yourself, and uh, and get after it. So it's very very cool. Um, yes, I didn't know what I was doing, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> I've only, and you know what's so awesome? I've only, I've only grown up, and also like my most of our our executive and leadership staff here at Adapting um, is women, right? And so I've only been around strong, you know, women who voice their opinion. My mom's <laughs> that way. My wife's that way. <laughs> so yep. you know, I've only grown up around that. So it's like organizations that don't want that is is so they're so their heads buried in the sand deeper than I can imagine. But, right, it's hard to understand why yeah. uh, you know it's not set up like that. Yeah. So, so talk to me about, so is there any, is there anybody right now that in the world, whether it's, you know, uh, you're learning from or watching online or who's mo who motivates Sabrina right now in terms of just entrepreneurship or growth or personal development? You know, I got to tell you, there's probably a handful of my colleagues yeah. that, that I do look up to, you know, I think everybody needs that one or two person in their life that is doing what they're doing and gets it. Right. And, you know, I've got a couple of colleagues that I can just call up and go, can you just believe this happened and not feel like I'm judged, not feel like I can't believe that happened to you. Like that's never happened to me. Right. But, you know, mostly I it's me. It's it's just me. I, I can't I can't control my reputation because everybody, no matter what I do, is mm -hmm. always going to have their own interpretation of me. So as long as I'm of character and everything that comes out of me is who I want people to see, then I'm good. And so I am my worst critic. I am the worst judge for myself. And if I let myself down, that motivates me to do better and do more. Right. Um, so, so that's awesome. I'm taking a note here on that. Um, so that's... That's cool, you know, and I think not enough people spend enough time when it comes to personal development, you know, or the, or the effort. And you hear, I actually listened to this this morning. Somebody sent this to me, um, you know, and it, it really, I'm trying to find the quote real quick. Um, um, so I found this quote and literally, or it was more of a video, but like, it was like, we take all the time in the world to like update our software for our phones, our iPads, our computers, or this or that, whatever. But like we don't take the time to actually update our own software, meaning like reassess, learn new things, you know, put the time into new programming of like how we think about something or how we can do something better. Um, yeah. And it's really important that we spend that time. The best investment that we can ever make is the investment we put in ourselves, right? So for our own growth and education. And yeah. you being an attorney who went through probably a lot of school, <laughs> I guess you would agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I got to be honest, it wasn't like that always for me. It was, you know, I was always motivated. You know, getting getting into law school was difficult for me. Staying in and graduating was difficult for me. Right. I, you know, I pretty I always was focused on what I wanted. And it it helped that I had parents supporting me and encouraging me, but I was always focused. So I put everything on hold. Even dating, uh, you know, truly dating, yeah, uh, getting married, like I wanted my career in place. And my father always said, listen, I don't I don't care what your life turns out, if you get married or not or have kids or not. Right. All I want to know is that you can support yourself and you don't need somebody else to support you. 
Right. And so it was great advice. And I, I listened to it. Um, I have always have had great respect for my parents. My dad tends to be my favorite. Um, but it, it was just something that motivated me. I was going to go to law school. I was going to graduate no matter what it took. Right. And, and I was going to pass the New York bar in the first try, no matter what it took. Right. And I did three. But then I lost myself trying to get my career going. Yeah, I lost myself in what do I do next? What's the best job opportunity? You know, learning and learning. And, you know, as a woman business owner, you tend to lose yourself because you're always trying, you know, you always have a client that you're trying to make happy and help. And then there's your family you're trying to support and, and make sure that they're supporting you. And you, you tend to lose focus of, yeah, you wanted that career, but what good are you in that career if you're not you anymore? And this would be a long time, you know, sit down and reevaluate myself. And I think, you know, when I turned 50, the COVID 50, I sat down and I was like, okay, where's this practice going for real? What am I going to do to get it there? And what's my plan when I'm done here? Mm -hmm. Because I'm, I don't think you can teach somebody to be a planner. It's just me. It, and it comes from my engineering dad. Everything is planned out. I write things down. I check things off. Like you're not going to find a more neurotic planner than me. And I planned the most of everything except where I wanted to really be, not where I thought I needed to be, which I think are really oftentimes two different things. Totally. Yeah. But then I sat down and I said, where are you going, Sabrina? How are you going to get there? I made a plan and that's where we're going to go. So, you know, it's, you know, it's so challenging. Um, well, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought, but it's challenging. So I, to your point, I was at a leadership development, uh, uh, like retreat, uh, or summit or whatever you want to call it in, um, in Connecticut a couple of years back before COVID. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is part of it was like, you know, finding your edge, right? It was called lead, it's leader, leadership edge, you know, finding that edge. And one of the things that poked out for me was he said to me, John, who would you be without your business or the businesses, you know, that you're in? Like put entrepreneur John aside, who are yeah. right? And I've been doing this since I'm 17. So right. for me, like from sophomore of high school, to not going to college and to continue to build my business to this point today, I don't really know myself without the entrepreneurs yeah. in me. And he said to me, like, again, you have to develop these other parts of yourself because, you know, when you're only focused on that entrepreneur job, right? It's like, there's a lot of other things to offer, right? Like me and my wife are, you know, thank God we're welcoming our first uh, son, our first kid ever. Um, Great. Congratulations. You know, thank you. <laughs> you know, and, and that was a journey in its own. But like the whole thing is, is like, to your point, I think sometimes every entrepreneur needs to have that sit down moment where you're like, okay, what do I want? Right. Like, where do I want to go? What, you know, cause again, business could be a vacuum of your time. Um, and sure. well, now I, was, I feel like I was behind the eight ball. You, you got that job done a lot younger, yeah. it took me a lot longer to realize that, but I, yeah. I totally, you really do. You need to sit down and evaluate. And you know, yeah. you, now that you have, you're adding to your, your family, you're going to, you're going to start looking at yourself differently. It's mm. just how, that's just how it is. Right. And you evaluate yourself. Like it took me a really long time to have my daughter to mm. the point where we were only able to have her. And I'm not the same person 
that yeah. I that I was 16 years ago. I'm not the right. same person who was a year ago. Right. And because so much of it is about her and right. about what I want her to see. I mean, I've missed I've missed things. I've missed right. soccer games. I've missed, you know, watching a movie with her because I fell asleep on the couch because I was exhausted. But what I'm hoping she sees is that her mom's a hustler. Her mom's not going to sit back and just let things happen. She's going to make them happen. And that right. she'll appreciate all of that, you know, years from now when she sees what, what her mom did. And, uh, and she had the support of her dad, too. You know, we're right. a team. But she's going to see, I get it now. You know, she still needed to be her own person, but she was still my mom the whole time. I just right. didn't see it when I was in it. You know, kind of oh. like I did when I was her age. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and and I feel your pain there. It took me and my wife four years. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, obviously, but either way, that that's that's a, that's why I said it's a challenge in its own. But like, you know, it's, it is. It's tough, especially when you're in those positions. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, and so we're at our final minute here. And so yeah. one question I want to ask you. So essentially, you know, um, this is, this is my tough question, ready? So, so, but, but you're a planner, so I don't know if it's going to be tough for you. So, um, hey. I like to ask this question, I like to reverse engineer the thought process of legacy, right? And like where we look at, like, you know, typically the, the natural Joe or Jane, uh, though, you know, looks at like, you know, what legacy and like the future and who I want to become is like where my feet are today and who I want to be in the, you know, the rest of the way there. And the way this question is formatted is to make you think about it from the end backwards, right? Yep. Um, so if you were to, again, you know, today was your day, essentially, you know, and you had to write your gravestone, right? The one thing that's left here way that's going to supersede your daughter, her kids, their kids, whoever, what would that, what would that gravestone read? Uh, if you were to write that right here, right now, today. Wow, that's a good one. Um, I would say she was herself and she was always true. Mm, that's awesome. No matter what, it's it's the Italian woman way. <laughs> right. You get what you see <laughs> all the time. That's my wife, 100%. <laughs> but no, that's beautiful. That's so deep. And I always like to ask that question because a lot of times, you know, again, like that's, that's, those are your core values. Right. And so for you, like, you're not going to bend those. And that's really, it's really good because when I, I don't know if you're, I'm, I'm, I like to call myself, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Right. Oh, so yeah. like, as a leader, as a leader in an organization, you know, with, with a lot of team members in it over in the beginning of my career, it was like very like, Oh, I want everyone to like me. So like, I would always be bendy and this and that, whatever. And, and re, and we're just trying to avoid conflict. And again, my, my mom's not like that. My sister's not like that. My grandma's not like that. All the women around me aren't like that. And then there's my wife, right? So like she's somebody who's super, super like she's not scared to say what's on her mind. She'll give you the truth all the time. But growing up with 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 uh, even just I would say family like that, you know, it's like you you respect that having having that full transparency in somebody who's always going to tell you the truth. I don't want to walk out of the house and my head my hair looks like shit, and everyone's like, "Oh, you look great." Right. I'd rather somebody tell me. Go fix your freaking head, John, so you don't look like an asshole. So, so I think the biggest thing is, is there some? It's so cool that that's what you would have there because you're always true, right? It's not, it's not easy to always be true because with always being true comes conflict, comes all these different variables out of it. So it's really, really respectable um, that uh, you know that you have that. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, and I love it. You you do that instantly, even though you weren't prepped for that. You know, you got that ready to go. Um, so. 
You did it. So, so okay. So, where can people find you? So, people, I want to engage with you. They have some questions or whatever. Talk yeah, about website, social, everything. Perfect. So, the website is sabrinawinterslaw.com. Got mm-hmm. a whole bunch of information on there. Self scheduling for our um, design meeting. Also, I've got um, Instagram. Um, I should have written that one down. And I've got TikTok. It's estate planning NC, I think, on one of them. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel, North Carolina State Planning. So if you visit the website, all the links for my social media will be on there. Yep. Um, yeah. If you if you if you want to look at her on Instagram, it's uh, Estate Lawyer NC. Yeah, thank you for knowing that and not absolutely. me. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. That's what I'm here for. Um, and, and again, Sabrina, you know, I think time is the one asset we do not get back. So you spending it here with us, you know, means the absolute world to me. Um, and thank you for dropping some golden nuggets here today for people who are listening in on wisdom and in different areas of estate planning through your journey. Um, and I, and I love that, like, again, even in challenging situations, like you, you have something that's pretty edgy on your website, which I loved, which was my, I have a sad story or my story, my story is sad. Yeah. And I think that like, again, like things like that, again, that comes through with you always being true. Um, and I think that's attractive way more than it is, uh, some, it, like to push something away. Cause it's like, wow. That's real. That's that's people really respect authenticity in the in the generation and the time that we're living in more than fabrication. Um, so again, all the all the golden nuggets of wisdom you dropped today, I'm grateful for. Um, and again, thank you so much. Well, thank you for all the kind words and for letting me spend time with you today. It was amazing. I had a great time. Thank, thank you. So you. Much. Absolutely, anytime.